From Nickelodeon Animation in Burbank, California, this is the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Hector Navarro. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is a director, producer, voice director, and the creator of Shimmer and Shine, Nickelodeon's animated series that's been a hit with the preschool crowd since 2015. She started her journey with Nick as an intern while she was in college, and over the last decade, she served as the post-production supervisor on a number of preschool shows, including Dora the Explorer, Go Diego Go, and Ni Hao Kailan. It's like I always say, if you have a czar-amazing opportunity to talk to Farnaz Esnashari Sharmats, you take it. Thank you so much for coming in today, Farnas. This Thank is uh, this you. is awesome. This is going to be really exciting. Thank this is you so for cool. having me. It's an honor. I have heard from some of these guys here that you will be doing voice directing, and you will come straight from a run that you just went on. Is that true? Yeah. What I'm are going you on doing a hike after this? You're going on a hike after this. <laughs> That's my lunch break. <laughs> That's not it's my a reset. <laughs> it's your reset. It's not That's a lunch. Reset, How yeah. you, first of all, first of all. I'm actually already six miles in right now. <laughs> Wait, what? To, to a hike? No, I, I woke up at 3.30 this morning. Get out. I did about an hour on the stairs. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm sorry. Stop, stop, stop. You woke up at what time? 3.30 a.m. Okay. I don't yeah. think I've ever said this on the podcast. That is disgusting to me. That, I'm so I'm like offended on your behalf. Why? It's You're, fantastic. It's, <laughs> it's my secret time that I steal away from the rest of the world just for me. <laughs> so, you, so I was about to ask you, how do you find the time? The answer is you have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, the thing is, right, life, everything you do is about sacrifice. If you want yeah. something, you have to sacrifice something. So you just make the choice. Is it worth the sacrifice? By the time I get here, like right now, I'm already six miles in. I've already burnt 1,200 calories. So, but I'm fully and completely energized. So the day is easy. But now by don't ask me to work past seven because I'm (laughs) starting to fall asleep. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I think you and Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Uh, are my uh, uh, motivating heroes now? You're, the next time, you're my fitspirations. <laughs> Thank you. You're my fitspiration, Farnes. Next time I'm at the gym and I start getting tired, I'm gonna be like, no, nope. I have no, I have no excuse. Nope, you gotta push through it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I want to talk about Shimmer and Shine. It's such a great show. There's so many great things I want to ask you about. But before we do all of that, mm-hmm. I want to go all the way back. I want to start in the beginning. When did you, in your life, in your young life, decide, I want to be a storyteller? Um, For me, it wasn't so much deciding I wanted to be a storyteller. For me, it was about being creative. Yeah. So as far back as I can remember, I was always super creative kid. So, you know, I remember my best friend, she was in the hospital getting her tonsils out. I think we were about three. (laughs) And I made her, I got out construction paper. I made her full three-dimensional tulips with like little stems coming out of the inside, sprayed it with perfume, and I took her a bouquet in the hospital. At three years old. At three years old. And, you know, I always loved being creative, being hands-on, like making stuff in in that process. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those things where it was like, 
I remember, again, at three, I tried to draw, I know this is the competitor, but I tried to draw <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Sure. <laughs> and it As was you a do horrible fail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, in my mind, at least. I don't know. Maybe my mom thought it was good. But in my mind, it was a horrible fail. Cut yourself and some slack. You're three years old. I know. But I, <laughs> I, at that point, I was like, I'm not drawing Mickey anymore. If I can't make it look right, oh I'm not drawing gosh. Mickey anymore. I've always been like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I... um. I didn't draw Mickey Mouse until the seventh grade. Wow. And what happened was somebody got one of my mom's coworkers, I don't know why, but gave me one of these tiny little Disney like day-to-day calendars. Mm-hmm. And it had these images in this calendar were maybe two inches wide at mm-hmm. the most. Tiny little scenes from the movies. Mm-hmm. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to try again. And my mom had bought me, like, a colored pencil set from, like, TJ Maxx. Like, some really, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> not nice colored pencils. Yeah. And I sat there, and I started doing it. And it just clicked. And I started to understand. And then from there, I drew every single page in that calendar. Wow. And I covered the walls in my bedroom just from floor to ceiling drawings, 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 drawings. And I wouldn't stop. Like it was like my favorite thing to do at that point. Wow. And then one day when the walls were covered, I said I looked around and I said to my mom, I think it was in the ninth grade at that point, I said, Mom, I want to draw on the walls. Is that okay? And she goes, Sure. I go, I think I know what kind of paint to get. Let's go to Michael's. So she takes me to Michael's. She buys me all the supplies. And not only did I start drawing, I also started, like, I had, like, a full four-foot Minnie Mouse with, like, eyelashes glued on. And I built her hat out of styrofoam. And, like, I did the whole thing. On your wall? On my walls. My mom starts taking photographs of this stuff and shows it to coworkers. Yeah. And they start putting in requests. <laughs> so they start asking for things for their kids. And uh, by 13, I start like making custom pieces for everybody. like Charging them, I hope. Charging them. So, awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I would do that plus like my other jobs. I had about four jobs at one point. Wow. This, like I said, this is how I've always been. <laughs> <laughs> In high school, I finally got to start taking art classes. And on the weekends, I would take more classes and I would go take figure drawing. Ooh. 15 doing figure drawing. Wait, with like live models? Yes. Do, live, nude? nude. Oh my models. gosh. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me the first time wow. I sat down because I had no idea that's what it was. I didn't have to do that until I went to, it was Co- in college. Well, I yeah. had to get parent permission. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was sitting, I missed the first day of class. So I had no idea that's what it was. And I'm sitting on my horse and I'm sharpening my pencil. And <gasps> all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And I just start looking around and I'm like, everybody's older than me. I'm the youngest one in the class. I'm like, nobody's reacting. Okay. (laughs) So this is normal. Oh my gosh. Just start drawing what you see. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So then in college, I started taking more art courses and I went to a JC first. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I yeah. never really knew what I was going to do. I didn't. But even you wanted know, to be creative. Yeah, I didn't even know what jobs there were in art, right? I know. So I went to talk to the counselor, and I what I say about myself is I'm kind of like I don't really make sense. I'm the most spontaneous planner <laughs> you'll ever meet. So like I'll have like a life goal, but how I get there, yeah, psh, 
I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but you have a plan. Yeah, but, but I then have it's a spontaneous plan. up to that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, like, uh, I went to meet the, with the counselor, and they're like, So, you know, it's almost time for you to transfer. What do you want to do? And I said, I really like that movie, Toy Story. <laughs> I want to learn how to do that. Wow. And they said, Okay, I think that's called animation. <laughs> so, Cal State Fullerton has an animation program. I Great. said, Okay, then I'll go there. And that was it. That's like, it. <laughs> that was it. That's great. I didn't apply anywhere else. Just applied to one school, and then I went. <laughs> it's it's worked out so far. Yeah. So when you were in college, how did you decide I'm going to try to get an internship at Nickelodeon? My husband, he works here too, Sean Charmatz. Uh, he. Um, got an internship right but he was a semester ahead of me so he had gotten an internship right before me here at Nick cool and um, he was like the first Fullerton intern and he kind of found his own way to getting it and then he got hired to be the assistant like production assistant for the events team Mm -hmm. and you know he would do tours and things like that like five tours a day like back then we used to do a lot of tours Mm -hmm. and then he slowly built the internship program here at Nickelodeon, him and Katie Fiedler. And he told me that there was, it was time for internships and to apply. Yeah. So I sent in all my stuff. um, And then he's like, listen, I'm not going to have anything to do with you on this. Mm -hmm. You're going to go meet with Katie. So I come in for an interview. I go to meet with Katie and never before and never again since, but for some reason the night before Mm -hmm. I watched Shark Week (laughs) And and so I go in and I don't know how, but in this interview, we start talking about Shark Week. And this interview that's supposed to take 15 minutes took like an hour and a half because we like totally connected. We're like cracking up, having a great time. I walk out and he's like, what happened? I'm like, it was good. It went good. (laughs) So she passed me over to um, VP of post-production because I was taking an editing class Mm -hmm. at school. And I really liked it. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I try for post? So I go, I interview with him, and I got it. At that point, was that that, that when you decided, I'm going to work in post? I'm going to, that's kind of going to be my path, or did that sort of come later? Well, that was just something I was trying. Yeah. And um, I was actually the first ever post-production intern. Awesome. So thank you for paving the way. (laughs) Back then they didn't know what to do with me. So so I recycled a lot of tapes. (laughs) I sat in the machine room and made dubs. I actually stripperella right there. Um, I got put on that a lot (laughs) because they didn't mind me on it. (laughs) So back then we were doing like, uh, partnerships with like the team who was doing stripperella Uh gary the rat so like those were all the ones that i kind of watched the process and i got to go do all the stuff so cool and i remember the day that my internship was about to be over i was in tears oh no and i was crying like an idiot and (laughs) i was telling i went to go meet with people and i just said listen i absolutely have loved my time here yeah i really want to come back so if anything ever comes up please keep me in mind thank you for everything you know awesome i went back to finish my last semester and as soon as i graduated i moved out of the house yeah. And my mom's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to go. Yeah. I'm going to work at Nickelodeon, so I have to go. <laughs> She's like, okay. I'm like, 
I have to be closer. So I transferred. I worked at Bloomingdale's at the time. And I transferred locations and uh, came out to the Bloomingdale's out here in Sherman Oaks. Mm -hmm. I moved in with my now husband, then boyfriend. And I... Two weeks later, got hired as a production assistant. No way! On my life as a teenage robot, uh, so I got in, and I started doing that. Um, it was my internship that got me hired because yeah. they went and asked my my supervisor of the internship program. Yeah, internship, for sure. and he said that he gave me like great recommendations, and they told me straight up, his recommendations are what got you yeah. the job. Yeah. I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> so I was a production assistant for about six months. Yeah. And then I got offered a position as a post-production coordinator. That is that common? That no. seems like it's rare. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> spontaneous planner, okay? Yeah. Right? Here we go on the way together. We're ready to discover brand new and in case people that are listening aren't aware, what does a production coordinator do? What were some of your responsibilities? What well, was, because your... I didn't have a supervisor. <laughs> do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Party, you know. Um, uh, so basically, you know, when um, the shows would come in from overseas, my job was to track all of the files that were coming in, log everything, get it to schedule the picture editor, schedule our retake director, schedule um, any facilities that we had to go to, schedule wow. my After Effects person to like have enough time to do everything, manage and create the entire post-production schedule based off final delivery dates. Um, this is all you that you're doing this? Yes, because uh, I didn't have a supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's amazing. So yes. Um, and then um, on Dora and Diego, it was very different because it was a very heavily researched show. Yeah. And we were still researching in post-production. Really? So, uh, which is rare because it is more expensive mm-hmm. and not not always as doable. Like in a CG show, you can't really do research in post-production because there's only so many retakes and stuff you can call by the end. Things are kind of locked in. A yeah, but in a 2D show, yeah. you can. Yeah. So, so what does that mean, research? Is it, is it you're doing sort of like focus groups test yeah they groups? would do like focus groups test groups with kids anywhere from the ages of three to six yeah and um they break them up into groups so like the three to four year olds would be in one group four to five in another and mm-hmm. then five to six in another and uh, for dora they actually used our final picture because we had we were doing testing in post-production but yeah. they had various stages of research testing that happened even before it got to us so by the time it got to us we you were on our third pass of research testing wow. So we would show them the picture and then they would watch and they would track. Did the kids look away? They put toys out, right? And then they wait to see will the kids play with the toys or will they continue (laughs) to watch? If the kids play with the toys, they mark it down and they know where are the kids losing interest. How many kids go away? Do they come back after they've been playing with the toys and go back and watch it again? You know, so they mark all of this and kind of then they asked them questions after to see comprehension. Did yeah. they understand what they were watching? That's Did they incredible. like what they were watching? What was their favorite part? And then they'll rank that into a score. Mm-hmm. And depending on the score, you know, if you got anything in the 90s, that means it did well. You mm-hmm. know, the kids understood it. If you got lower than that and you were like in, you know, let's say 50s, that means that's a really bad episode. Wow. It's really not working. And in the case where if it came back low in post-production... We would gut it. 
and we would completely rebuild it in-house. We would get all of the files from overseas and just kind of rewrite it, redo. I mean, there were times sometimes we'd rewrite three pages of script in post. But that's where that show was very different than kind of some of the others now. We're normally in other shows that didn't happen in post-production. That's incredible. That was all still encompassed in the time you had to get it on air. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. I feel like people don't really know what goes into it, what went into those shows specifically, no, but what goes have into yeah. No idea no because idea. they think that uh, the misconception a lot of times is that preschool is easy. Yes. But the it's simplest things I know. are the hardest. I know. Because you have to make sure that it is all really working. And if it's not, that audience isn't as forgiving. <laughs> you know, like the older audience, like, okay, they might not catch all of it or they catch some of it. They don't care. If it's funny, it's funny. Sure. You know, the younger audience, if they don't get it, they're gone. Yeah. They're not going to watch it anymore. Oof. Like they're finished with it. If they don't understand it, they're gone. How did you go from somebody who was kicking butt in Mm post-production, doing this for years, Mm -hmm. to a show creator? Well, I always say I got my education in preschool, right? Because I was working (laughs) on some of, like, the the top, like, preschool shows. Of all time. In the industry, not even just for Nick. Like, some of the top preschool shows. And we were doing testing in post-production. And Talk about we'll fix it in post. Holy crap. Right? So I'm learning everything that I can and I'm try and my brain tries to break things apart and understand it. So I'm trying yeah. to understand why do they react to this? Why do they react to that? How are we fixing it to make it work better? You mm. know? So I'm getting an an understanding and a knowledge without even like trying to get it just because it's my everyday and you yeah. you start to learn and you start to anticipate like you can watch an episode and be like oh they're not going to get that yeah okay that's not going to work you know yeah. we're probably going to have to change these I'm just going to request the files early because that's probably going to be wow. a bad spot like <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of you start to learn that and for me so I had been a coordinator I want to say like six, seven, maybe eight years. I I was a coordinator until 2008. And then a post-production supervisor. And then a supervisor. But from the minute I was a production assistant and they said, do you want to go into post? Mm. My head said, okay, but what happens after I get to supervisor? (laughs) <laughs> There's nowhere else to grow in in that position. What do I do after that? That sounds exactly like something you would think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and because I'm also somebody who's very like goal driven. So mm-hmm. when I had first started interning, like I always felt like I wanted to get in more executive roles where I could make decisions without being the one doing the drawing, without being the one having to do sure. the artwork. Producers I, and yeah. Yeah. Sure. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will put labels on you yeah. and decide that you belong in certain boxes. Yes. Yes. That And not true. want you to come out of those boxes. Yeah. And especially if you're good at what you do, they want to keep you doing oh, we need, it. Oh, we need you there. But we need, yes. you know, to keep this thing going, we need you there. Sure. Yes. I get it. So um, I am a very... Um, let me guess. When somebody says, "Hey, you can't do this," <laughs> yes, you go, oh, "No, no, 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 yes. no, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Now yeah. I'm going to do exactly that. Exactly. So <laughs> in 2006, I was told I could not be a supervisor for yeah. some really not okay reasons. And so then, boom, I decided that I will show you that I am worth more than a coordinator. I will create my own show, and then you can't stop me. <laughs> it's getting away. Gotta 
catch it, catch it Starting up the chase, oh no, no way Gonna speed up, speed up, zoom out of the gate But tell me how you ended up pitching Shimmer and Shine. I ended up getting married, having my first child, and I was on maternity leave. Congratulations, congratulations, Thank great. you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I was on maternity leave, and Nick Jr. sent out, like, a flyer, mm-hmm. and it was like, come pitch us your ideas. And I remember I called my husband. He was he was here at Nick. Mm-hmm. I called him. I'm like, we have to go. We have to go pitch. And he's yeah. like, we don't have an idea. Mm-hmm. So who cares? We'll come up with something. How hard can it be? We'll come up with an idea. We have to pitch. This is like our shot. And so um, we go in to pitch. And right before we walk in, Butch Hartman walks out. And I just about <laughs> it. I was like, no. Butch. <laughs> no. We're going in after Butch Hartman. We're so screwed. <laughs> that is hilarious. What a great compliment to Butch. It's so, yeah, I mean, he's cartoon royalty. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's intimidating, you know? And my husband's like, don't worry about it. You know, you just go in there. We're going to go in with confidence. He's just a right? man. He's just yeah, he's a man. He's just a person, a human being. <laughs> That's right? it. So we go in, we pitch. Now we walk in. Yeah. And I was so lucky because we walk in and guess who the new development executive and managers are? It is the people that I have been working with the last two <laughs> years on Nihau Kailan. And I look at them. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so we already know each other. Great. We already know how to work with each other. We yeah. already know we can work well together, which is like half the battle yes. right so we pitch and they're like listen they they contact us a few days later they're like we didn't really want your idea mm-hmm. but we liked kind of what you were thinking and we'd like to see if you would be interested in doing the creative assignment so what's the creative assignment what's that i don't know if they still do it this way because it's been a few years since i've pitched mm-hmm. but um the way that it used to work was that, you know, they'd have kind of like an idea of what they're looking for, whether mm-hmm. it be like a show about literacy or, Got or it. you know, or a show about vehicles or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. They'll say, hey, we're looking for a show about X, Y, and Z. Pitch mm-hmm. us your ideas. So that's the creative assignment. Now, there were over 500 people who went in and pitched off of that flyer. Yeah. They narrowed us down to five. That's amazing. So the five of us got to go and do the creative assignments. I was the post-production supervisor on one, two, and maybe even three of the five assignments, <laughs> which was very awkward. <laughs> so you were so a cre- the creative assignment is you guys went and did like a pilot. Is that kind of so how everybody that- kind of got different things? So sure. like the way that it worked was you go, you pitch some ideas. They mm-hmm. go, mm, maybe this, maybe not that. We like this element of this and, and that like element you, of that. So yeah, try to rework it. Mm-hmm. So you rework it and like I think where it started was like we pitched maybe like. Five or six different show ideas, just little blurbs, right? And they go, okay, we like numbers two, three, and five. Mm -hmm. Flesh those out to like uh, a paragraph, right? Mm -hmm. You do your paragraph. They then take it to the teams, and then they come back and go, you know, if you make it, because then cause I always say it's like the American idols of like yeah. development, right? <laughs> if you make it out of that phase, then they say, okay, we all really liked number three or whatever it was. So yeah. we want to uh, bring you on to do a mini Bible. So we're going to give you 
like you've made it to the next round. Yeah. So you put together the mini Bible, they'll, depending on what your strengths are, or your weaknesses, what you say you want. If you say, I want a writer, they'll hire a writer. If you say, I want an artist, they'll hire an artist, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you'll put together character descriptions, episode ideas, um, and like a script, right? You'll do like one 11-minute script or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then that gets then all the people who are doing that so that the the five people those all get taken back in and they they do it kind of it's kind of like by committee yeah they share it with a bunch of different lines of business and they all kind of weigh in on what seems like it's the best fit for the company and the company strategy wow and is some are one of those lines of business like like merchandising and toys i believe so yes wow so They'll do that and then they'll come back and then they'll narrow it down even more. So from the five, you may become three. And maybe one of them gets to go to pilot, one yeah. goes to animatic, and uh, one goes to like something else. And right? you're the post supervisor on these various projects. Yes. So, <laughs> so you're working on your thing and you're like, also, I'm going to help you finish your thing. Yeah. But really, I want it to be my thing. Yeah. So where did the idea for Shimmer and Shine come from? How did that develop? So Shimmer was, I always say Shimmer was originally born in 2010. (laughs) (laughs) But her name was Mia. Uh um, And she granted wishes for Zach. And it was back when we were doing the literacy curriculum. And so the way that it worked was that she could only grant the wish if you could spell the thing that you were wishing for. So if it was Mm. like, you know, big balloon, you had to spell the word big. And she had like a little bag that the letters would come out of. That's a really great idea, actually. That's really cute. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember when we turned her in, I said to my husband, I said, they're going to want her. I know it. I know they're going to want her. And we turned it in. We didn't hear anything back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they asked us to do the next creative assignment. We're like, we're a little burnout. Like, we need sure. just a second, you know? Sure. And we didn't hear anything back. But I never really felt like it was gone. It, yeah. It, I had a feeling something was going to happen. I just didn't know what. I love your intuition, Farnas. It is, it is like... It guides me. <laughs> it, gui- it has guided you through your whole life. It drives people crazy because yeah. <laughs> they don't know how to, like, it's not tangible. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I follow it. Yeah, it's there. So it, to you, it never went away. It never went and away. And then what happened? And so a year goes by. Mm-hmm. I have now gone up, introduced myself to Dave Palmer, said, hi, my name's Farnas. I'm going to be your post soup, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, getting ready to like, okay, they've picked this one up. Like, I, we're not doing it, you know? Yeah. And we get a phone call. And they're like, hey, you remember that design you guys did with that genie? We're like, yeah. They're <laughs> like, well, we love the design. We want you to do this new thing that you're going to be the first ones to do it. And we're like, okay, what is it? We're going to have you kind of work with international and take that design and pitch new show ideas. Throw away everything you did wow. and pitch new show ideas with that design. So, you know, we, we <laughs> and, and they were working <laughs> with us too. And that went pretty much through 2012. That was about a year yeah. of back and forth pitching between like London, New York, and LA time zones, like trying to all get on the phone at wow. the same time. And, you know, it it didn't it didn't quite work out the way that we had wanted it to work out. And they flew me out to go work with this team in New York and 
I went into the office and I'm like, listen, we need to talk. I'm like, okay. They're like, we, you know, Seema saw the designs for Shimmer and she loves it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want to bring it back here to the U.S. Throw away all of the things that you've pitched wow. and start again. Now, at this point, is Mia now Shimmer or? Not yet. She's still Mia. She's okay. still Mia. Okay, great. And But it's moving. It's going. Your due date's still the same. Oh, my so gosh. So there was about a month and a half left out of this whole year. And I was like, wait. It's still the same due date, and you want all like a sh- like a show sa- like yeah. yeah I'm like yeah. and you want all the same materials. They're like, well, do what you can. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it seems like a nervous laugh, like a stressful yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah it was stressed a very laugh. stressful time. <laughs> oh man! And you know, at the time, my husband had just gotten a pilot picked up at Disney, and he's like, "Listen, this is going to take all of my focus. I need to put my focus in that." I'm out. And I was like, okay. And like, at the time I was so insecure about it because he worked on SpongeBob. He was the funny guy, you know? And I was like telling him, I'm like, they're not going to want me without you. Like, (laughs) and so I went for it and I only had X amount of weeks left. (laughs) And, you know, it was actually, it was really difficult, but really amazing because like I said before, my brain, it has to break things apart and put it back together. Yeah. So one day I realized what I was doing wrong. And once it clicked, it clicked. So like, you know, what would happen is they I would get notes mm-hmm. and I would do exactly the notes. Mm. And that's what you were doing wrong? Yes. That doesn't you make any sense. You should not how- do exactly the notes. When I learned how to take a step back from it, disconnect myself from the project and try to understand, okay, something is wrong here. Yes. What is it that's bothering them? Because the solution that is being given may not be the best solution. It's just a solution. So what's really the problem here? And then when I started to kind of think that way, I was able to strip down the idea, simplify it to its core and find what it was that they were actually responding to. And once I could do that, then everything kind of just took off. And before it ever got picked up, before any of that, I remember I said to my husband, I said, Sean, something big is about to happen. I can feel it. I feel it with every bone in my body. My entire life is about to change. He's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You're crazy. Don't get your hopes up. I go, I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah. I know for a fact the show's getting picked up. I feel it. So I turn it in like the, I turned it in two days before I had been in the hospital that day I had had like a procedure done and I'm in the hospital bed I've literally woken up from surgery and I'm on the phone with them I'm like groggy out of my brain I'm like hi and they're like we need you to start researching this reference this think about writers do and I wait wait, 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 does that mean it got picked up no Uh, and I'm like I'm like this is a roller coaster all right yes absolutely so like in the hospital bed I start working oh my gosh (laughs) I gotta figure it out I'm not gonna have that much time I gotta figure this out so I start doing it and within months it became you're gonna go to pilot now and we're gonna do an 11 minute and it was like fast once it hit it hit fast we went to series production pickup before the pilot had even shipped to overseas that wow. doesn't happen. Wow. <laughs> so um, we went into full production by, we got our writing pickup, I believe, in November, full production January 2013. Oh, na, 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 we're gonna work it out. Oh, na, 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 we're gonna work it out.
Have you had a second to breathe and step back and go, this is what the show is, this is the impact it's having, this is what, you know, this... It's crazy because, you know, when you're doing, you come to work, you're just, you're doing your job. You're in the trenches. You know what I mean? Like, you're not really thinking about it like that. But then I get to do stuff sometimes that's so outside of the ordinary, Mm -hmm. and that's when it really hits me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy cow. So... One of the like really cool moments was we got to design. I got to be a part of designing um, the character walkarounds. Cool. And they do it actually right here down the street, walking distance. Yeah. This place is amazing. They do like every character walkaround there is. Yeah. Um, but I got to design the character walkarounds, and then they shipped them off last year mm-hmm. to New York for um it was during new york toy fair but it was like a special kid division of it so it was open to the public kids were all coming in to see it and the the walkarounds got shipped straight there and they were that was the first time they'd ever made an appearance they made an appearance and in case people don't know what is a walkaround it's like a mascot yeah. Right? So yeah. like when you go to Disneyland and you see the costumed that's characters, the walk around. that's the yeah. walk around. The costumed. Oh, and this must be right up your alley. I mean. Yes. When I was going there to like oh. make it, I'm like, what fabric are you going to use for this? Yeah. How are you stitching that? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm serious. I'm really serious. <laughs> it has to be perfect. Every little detail. That's so cool. And so um, I told them out here in Glendale like multiple times. I'm like, so, because they're made for a certain height. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you think like maybe someone four foot 11? And they're like. <laughs> That's an odd. Why four yeah, foot eleven? They're, they're like, you don't oh, want to go height. in there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's it's so difficult. You don't want to be in there. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why do people think you're, I'm kidding? You're a creator. Like, <laughs> you're, you know, that's, that's, you don't have to worry about that. So we get there. <laughs> And I see them, I see the walk-arounds, and I asked this lady, I was like, oh my gosh, can I go in one? And she was like... First of all, was she like, who are you? And then you'd be no, like, I'm the creator. Okay, like, this is the creator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, oh, okay. And and then she was like, are you serious? I'm like, I am dead serious. Here's my business card. My cell phone's on it. You text me if there's an opportunity. I'm going to be upstairs on the other side. <laughs> and she was just like looking at me like, what the I heck? I will leave a meeting so, yeah, to I, run and over I here. I did. I did. <laughs> I re- she sent me a text and I start, I'm like, we got to go. <laughs> and I start sprinting over. I'm like, hi, I'm here. Is it time? (laughs) (laughs) This is the moment you've been waiting for your whole life. So we get in this, you know, it takes like 40 minutes to strap you in, strap you down. You've got like a big metal harness around your chest. It is really intense. Like it's pushing on your lungs. You can't breathe and you're inside in the dark. You can't see. So it was like this mental game you had to play not to panic. Yeah. You know, not to like. Are you claustrophobic cl- at all? I didn't think I was until <laughs> I couldn't breathe. <laughs> but once I got in there, because they kept going, squeeze my hand if it, you need to get out. Sure, sure. Right? But once I got in there, I was like, mind over matter, figure it out. Because you could see the kids and their excitement and like how amazed they were by getting to meet Shimmer and Shine. Oh my gosh. And you're posing with them. You're like, they're like crying, they're hugging you. And it's, it was unreal like i will never forget that moment wow and um, that's first of all that's so rare because to the kids that's shimmer and shine obviously yeah and in a way that's them 
professing their love of these characters, like to you, the creator. And no one knew who's in there, you of know, because it's shimmer and shine. Of course, um, yeah. But like, you know, the parents were like hashtagging oh, it after, and I'm like, make oh my me gosh, cry. That's, me. that's you're gonna make me cry, Fernandez. That's so cool. It was, that's so cool. It was amazing. Your story has been fantastic and inspiring, and you are my fitspiration, <laughs> but also just like career-wise and you know, not just working out, everything else. Thank you're my fitspiration. You. <laughs> it is so cool. Uh, season two of Shimmer and Shine is like wrapping up right now, and you're working on season three. Yes. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You can much. you tell us anything about season three? Anything that uh, that you can um, reveal? I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to okay. say, but what right. I can say <laughs> is that you thought you knew Zarmay Falls. Oh. But now what? you're going to learn even more and see some new places that you didn't even know existed. <laughs> I bet it's going to be Zara amazing. I it bet. totally is. <laughs> Zara-tastic even. Zara-tastic. One would say Zara-tastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Farnes, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank this was so much. fun and so fantastic. And thank you for being an inspiration to so many people working in this industry. And really hope we get to talk to you again. This was fantastic. Thank you. This was thank great. Thank you for your time. And, you know, congratulations to you. You started as an intern too. Hey, Look at you now. We did it. Interns. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Well, that was our conversation with Farnaz Esnashari Sharmats. Guys, I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with her. She's my fitspiration, and it was so cool talking to her. You're not going to want to miss an episode of the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast, so please come back, visit us next week on nickanimationpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts for more episodes and tons of bonus content. Thanks to the awesome crew who puts this podcast together. This podcast is produced by Jonathan Highlander, Dana Vasquez-Eberhardt, Kelly Smith, Andrew Hubner. Original music by Useful Creatures. This week's episode edited by Josh Caldwell, Jonathan Highlander. All of the incredible social media for our podcast is made by Narbe Manassians, Sammy Armager, David Watson. And thanks to the man who works at controls and makes me sound better than I have a right to, Manny Gralva. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast and keep watching cartoons. 